My higher power's got all sorts of jokes. I mean, for starters, my first name is B, spelled B-E-E, and my last initial is R, so my AA name is Beer. I hesitate to say I had a spiritual awakening. I like to hit the spiritual snooze button a lot, so I think I had several spiritual awakenings. I, you know, I'm like, well, this is the way that worked for me. This is the path I know, and now I'll walk with you until you reach that end of that path. And by that point, God will be along for the walk, too, you know. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast with your hosts, Michael L. and Lee M. On this show, we try to provide inspiration through interviews with members of the recovery community. The show is not aligned with any 12-step recovery program but you may hear them mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Today on the show, February 20th, BR joins us. B shares with us today on the concept of the gift of laughter, and we do share a few laughs throughout the episode. I had a great time chatting with B. I hope you enjoy this episode. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. Consider giving us a a rating. Those ratings mean a lot. They give us feedback on the episodes and let us know what you're liking. Would really mean a lot to me. Enjoy this episode and have a great day. B, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks. Great to be here. So today is February 20th, and uh, we usually get started by having the guest read the daily reflection for the day. Can you get us started? Yeah, absolutely. February 20th, the daily reflection is entitled The Gift of Laughter. At this juncture, his AA sponsor usually laughs. That's from the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 26. Before my recovery from alcoholism began, laughter was one of the most painful sounds I knew. I never laughed and I felt that anyone else's laughter was directed at me. My self-pity and anger denied me the simplest of pleasures or lightness of heart. By the end of my drinking, not even alcohol could provoke a drunken giggle in me. When my AA sponsor began to laugh and point out my self-pity and ego-feeding deceptions, I was... Annoyed and hurt, but it taught me to lighten up and focus on my recovery. I soon learned to laugh at myself, and eventually I taught those I sponsor to laugh also. Every day I ask God to help me stop taking myself too seriously. So what does the gift of laughter mean to you in recovery? It's funny. Um, I So I, I, you know, I looked at the different options of um, the topics that were available, and I didn't actually read the reflection, but the topic, the gift of laughter, really caught my attention because when I first, you know, when I first decided I needed to get sober, like one of the things, you know, that really made me look at my life and want more and realize that something had gone wrong was that I couldn't remember the last time I had laughed. I couldn't remember like the last time I had genuinely laughed or smiled. And I like, that was what my bottom looked like. You know, my bottom wasn't losing a house and a family and stuff. Cause I, realistically I, did my drinking at a time where I just never got any of those things. So I didn't have them to lose, but I did lose the ability to laugh. And that was really painful for me. You know, I'm usually, I was, I went from being like life of the party and like always the one snapping jokes and stuff to just being sad all the time or just numb, you know, ambivalent. 
Um, but I also do, I do resonate with some of the things that are in this, uh, the other side of it, you know, the things that are in here, like, um, the idea of thinking that other people were laughing at you, you know, um, either they were laughing at me or they were laughing and I wasn't allowed to join them and I was on the outside looking in, you know, um, all of those I think are really painful things. And I also distinctly remember laughter being the first sound that I heard at my first AA meeting. Um, I like, I, decided it was time I needed to like do something different than what I had been doing. Um, I had actually Googled AA like two years before I got to that point and like, was like, I don't know, you know, but I, can I ask how old you were? Um, so when I first Googled AA, I was 24. By the time I got here, I was 26. I was, you know, like, I was 26 and I was, I had an idea of what AA was and AA didn't include 26 year olds in my opinion, you know, in my, in my, like what I'd seen on TV, you know? Um, and that was another thing, you know, I looked it up, I looked up a meeting that I was like, okay, this one's an LGBT meeting. It's, it's in like a neighborhood that I kind of know. And so I'm gonna go check that one out, you know? And so I got there and I saw all these people that were like laughing and smoking outside and talking and having a great time. And I was like, well, this can't possibly be where the meeting, like these people can't be in AA. And so I got there and I like walked around the block again and like waited for like something that looked more like what I had expected to happen. And it, I came back and there were just more happy laughing people. <laughs> and I, And I was like, is is there a meeting here? And they're like, oh yeah, just follow the loud laughing upstairs. And I was like, okay. And I got there and I was just like astounded at what I walked into, you know? It was that thing though that I was like, oh, I, I've been missing this, you know? And I think that that's part of why I recognized, you know, that there was hope here. And also that I recognized, oh, things might be worse than I have let myself believe, you know? Um, I was one of the, those people who was, had all sorts of reasons why I wasn't an alcoholic mm -hmm. and all sorts of reasons. I surrounded myself with people that co-signed those reasons, you know, who would. Do you want to talk a little bit about those reasons? Like what were some of the reasons you told yourself you couldn't possibly be an alcoholic? Well, the main one was that I was too young. You know, there were a lot of people. In fact, the first person that I kind of was like, I think I might have a drinking problem. This was when I was like 22. And he's like, oh, hon, you're just in your 20s. And I was like, that sounds better. Let's go with that. You know, um, like, it's just a phase, you know, you'll grow out of it. And I, I guess for me, like, I kind of believed that for a while. And then I saw my peers growing out of it and I was not, I was just growing into it, you know? Um, and that was also really hard. Um, that was kind of, and that was sort of when I stopped being able to laugh things off. You know, I was like falling behind my peers who were like, Oh yeah. Like 
I can't go out on a Tuesday night. I've got a job, you know, like (laughs) I've got a job and, oh, like I'm getting married. Like I'm having kids, like all of these things that are things that I was like, why would you want to do that? There's alcohol out here, you know, like there's drugs and alcohol and all sorts of good stuff, you know? And I just, but then, you know, I'd make jokes and laugh it off. And then eventually I stopped being able to laugh about things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a tough place to be. Mm -hmm. So how long before you made that first meeting, uh, did you realize that this program may work for you? So after I made that meeting, I, so that meeting, it's funny. I hear people talk about how they, like, they don't remember anything that was said at their first meeting. And I remember a lot of what was said. And I remember that the topic was essentially take what you need and leave the rest. And that was really important for me to hear, you know, Um, being like, okay, so I don't have to take this program wholesale right now. And I kind and that was enough to maybe not convince me that it would work, but convince me to like be open minded and explore. I didn't know anything about the program coming in at all, which I I think was actually a blessing. I I didn't have any preconceived notions about or hang ups about doing step work, which was something I got into really quickly, just because. Um, about a week into just kind of going from meeting to meeting to meeting, I ended up in the meeting that became my first home group, which was the night owl meeting. That was, it's at 1130 PM every night. Um, and that was kind of where I like found my people a little bit, you know, like I found like the younger crowd, the artsy crowd, you know, the people who are up until 2am on a Tuesday night. And, um, and I found, I met my first sponsor there and she kind of was like, yeah, like, do you have a big book? You should get one, you know? And the people there were just kind of like, they didn't really tell me what to do. They just kind of showed me through their actions. And I think slowly, I I didn't necessarily believe wholeheartedly that it would work for me until after I had done some work. Like, I kind of said to myself, like, well... I'll give it a shot, but I don't know. I kind of went at the step work kind of, partly because I was just so lonely that I needed friends and I wanted to fit in, you know, and in AA that kind of worked in my favor, you know, wanting to fit in and do what other people were doing when you're in a home group where people are really into doing the work, doing the steps, they all have sponsors and they're doing service, you know, like they make it look like that's the cool thing to do, you know? And so, and so I kind of followed in their footsteps and I'd say about eight or nine months in, I kind of was like, yeah, this is definitely, this is definitely working. Mm -hmm. I was able to, in hindsight, look back and be like, oh, wow, I haven't had to like grip my fist nice and tight to like brace myself walking past a bar in a long time. I haven't turned off ads that were for beer commercials because they were triggering in a very long time. And I haven't even like, you know, thought about drinking or wanted to drink in a long time. And that was, and it wasn't until after 
that had become my norm that I realized it was working. Like, I don't know that I would have, I don't know that I'm the type of person who can think their way into acting right. I think I need to act my way into thinking right. And so that's what I had to do in the program. Like I came in, I was skeptical, but I did it anyway. Yeah. So the the reflection talks about a sponsor beginning to laugh and point <laughs> mm-hmm. out our self-pity. Uh, was that your experience? Did you experience that with your sponsor? Oh, yeah. Uh, my first sponsor and my current sponsor. My first sponsor is actually uh, one of my best friends in the program. Um, we just ended up, there were some life job changes and the timing didn't work out. So she helped me find a new sponsor, but both of them laugh, like, especially when we would talk about like really serious things, you know, like, like doing a fourth step and a fifth step, you know, like talking about like these resentments that feel so real and so powerful to me, like saying it out loud and realizing it sounds a little ridiculous, but then having your sponsor just be like, what are you even talking about? You know, that's just like one of the best parts of the program to me because I don't know, I feel like laughter really is a healing medicine. So much. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And at at what point do you feel like it, it felt comfortable to laugh at yourself? I would say it felt comfortable to laugh at myself after I sat in meetings long enough to see other people doing it, you know, like to real, it kind of gave me permission when someone would talk about like, some really messed up thing that they'd done and everybody would laugh, not at them, but with them, you know, because we all related. And so I think that after kind of just being in that environment, I realized it was okay. It was okay to find humor in who I used to be. And I think that part of the coming to accept that that was an acceptable thing had to do with getting to the place where I knew I wasn't that person anymore. Being able to laugh at who I used to be, I had to move on from who I had been before I could laugh at who I used to be. You have a new sponsor now. I do. And, yeah. and did you did you work the steps again with your new sponsor? I did. Um, so my first sponsor took me through one, two, and three. I actually was very, I came in very much not about the God thing, not about the spiritual thing. My first sponsor took me through one, two, and three, and then my new sponsor insisted that we start back at one. And so I, and I'm really forever grateful for that because I thought that I had a handle on the first three steps, but going through it with a different sponsor in a different way just brought a whole new life to that. But yeah, my current sponsor took me through all of the steps. And I actually revisit them from time to time as needed. I'm about to do a fifth step with them again tomorrow. Wow, that's mm-hmm. powerful. Are you nervous still? No, I'm actually really excited. <laughs> like this is my second fifth step. Um, and I'm my first one I was terrified about. Absolutely terrified. Um, but this one I I'm really just excited because I learn a lot about myself and I become a little bit more free, you know, and that's, that's what I'm really excited about. That's that's it. It's all about the freedom, right? Yeah, definitely. So the reflection goes on to talk about God. Every day Mm -hmm. I ask God to help me 
stop taking myself too seriously. And that makes me think of a couple things. And the first thing is rule 62. Have you heard of this? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to leave it there. We'll let the listeners figure that one out. Yeah. Google Um, will tell you. There you go. (laughs) Um, And, uh, and God, let's, let's talk a little bit about your conception of a higher power. Yeah, absolutely. I, so I actually think that my higher power has a hilarious sense of humor. My higher power has got all sorts of jokes. I mean, for starters, my first name is B spelled B-E-E and my last initial is R. So my AA name is Beer, which I <laughs> like, yeah, like if that wasn't a sign, I don't know what was like, you know, um, and so I... I just find like all sorts of little moments of senses of humor um, from my higher power, like, or like if I'm like, I really like, I'm trying to avoid this thing that I know is going to be good for me. All of a sudden it'll just be like right in my face, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, my sponsor and I always just say, you know, our higher powers have jokes and that's Mm. okay. You know, like that's part of it. Um, But as far as my conception of God, of a higher power, that has been quite a journey. I came in adamantly just not, I don't think that I was ever actually atheist because I always kind of like, even before I came to AA, in moments where I was like trying not to drink on my own. I would get these ideas like I should do yoga. I should meditate, you know, like Mm. out of nowhere, I just decided that that was what I needed to do. And little did I know I was kind of for me on the right track. Um, But I came in very resistant to the word God, mainly because I had grown up with a very uh, fundamental Christian upbringing. And I just, didn't want anything to do with God if that was what God was. And that was all I'd ever been taught, you know. And then I um, went to a really good college where academia was kind of higher than spirituality. And like, we use reason. I know that our, our literature talks about people who are like, you worship reason, you worship logic, like that. I kind of went through that area also. I came in and I I really wanted to have a higher power. I just mm. didn't know how to do that. Like, I thought I had to have it figured out. I thought I had to know what it was, like have some mental image of it. I thought I had to have like all these rituals around like how I prayed, how I meditated, you know. Um, I'm really glad that, and that was the one thing that my first sponsor really helped me with. Like she was like, you don't have to like know what it is that is your higher power. Like if you just want to have one, you can start there. You can start with like, I hope there's something out there, you know, there's something outside of me. Slowly but surely, I started, I started with the kind of maybe cliche of using the AA group as my higher power of just being like, well, you guys have been not drinking for a lot longer than I've been not drinking. So maybe you can tell me some things that'll help with that. I, or even just like, I don't know how to do things other 27 year olds know how to do. Can you help me with that? You know? And 
then listening to their actually taking their suggestions was kind of a key part. And then somebody told me to start looking for coincidences in my life. Um, Looking for like those moments when I'm running late for work and the train also happens to be running late. And so I'm on time now. Um, Mm -hmm. I think about someone and I make a mental note to text them, but they text me first, you know, things like that. And that kind of opened me up to the idea that, okay, maybe there's something going on that I can't put my finger on or name that is, you know, even bigger than my AA home group. You know, maybe there's something going on. Like once I started actively looking for coincidences, they popped up all the time. And once I stopped like, naming them I couldn't brush them off as easily and then I don't know like just somewhere through doing the steps by the time I got to 12 I I hesitate to say I had a spiritual awakening I like to hit the spiritual snooze button a lot so I think I had several spiritual awakenings and tried to go back to sleep and then rewoke up. And by the time I got to 12, I was like, okay, fine. I'm awake. Sure. Like, you know, yeah. So my conception today is maybe a lot more, a lot closer to what I grew up with. Not necessarily the big, scary bearded man in the sky that's ready to smite me, but you know, I do, I do go to like church and stuff, which is something I never would have thought that I would have ever done again. You know, I love the concept of God bringing you to AA and AA bringing you to God. Yeah, absolutely. That is exactly what it was. Yeah. Especially, you know, I do actually say that God brought me to that first meeting because I, never decided to go to it. Nobody 12 stepped me, you know, like somehow I woke up from like, I like came to on my bathroom floor from like that last terrible night and was like, I I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I ended up kind of just like zombie walking through the city until I was taking a cup of coffee from a woman that I didn't know and sitting in a folding chair with people that were laughing around me, kind of like, how did I get here? You know, Um, I still don't even know how I knew where that meeting was. Like I, I just, it was, you know, I do think that it was God that brought me to AA. Now I know uh, one of the people that you work with. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, your sponsorship story? Do you sponsor many people in the program? Yeah, of course. Um, so my sponsorship story is that I do sponsor a, a fair number of people. It's it's hard to say how many I'm sponsoring at any given time. I've started the step work with probably 15 different people. But I would say that I hear from or actively um, am engaged with like five of them. Um, Now, some of those people have gone on to sponsor other people, you know, um, which was is that's also an incredible thing to see, Um, you know, sponsors sponsoring other people is one of the great gifts of this program 
seeing somebody that you've taken through the steps take their first sponsee through the steps is just a whole different level for me. But I, yeah, I, I sponsor a good number of people. I take people through the steps the way my second sponsor did because that's the only full path that I've walked. And I know that, you know, I know that there's all sorts of different ways to that people go through the steps and you know, some people use worksheets, some people read the just the 12 and 12, some people read the big book and the 12 and 12. And, you know, everybody's got their way. But I, you know, I'm like, well, this is the way that worked for me. This is the path I know. And now I'll walk with you until you reach the end of that path. And by that point, God will be along for the walk too. you know. So what advice do you have for people listening that may not be in the program that are struggling with addiction or alcohol? Yeah, um, I would say the best advice that I can give is also the best advice that I heard early on, which is just check it out. You know, if whether that's AA, whether that's some other recovery thing, like whether that's that kind of like yoga group that you've wanted to check out, like just check it out. You know, if there's something that you're thinking, man, like I got to do something different. I wonder if this place could help me. Like you won't know until you try, Um, you know, and we all take our own path to get to that willingness or to the place where we're willing to try. I, I was a person who had kind of thought about checking out AA two and a half years before I came in. And, you know, I'm at peace with that. I think that it's the path I needed to take. But I do often wonder, like, what would have happened had I been willing to check it out a little bit earlier? Um, Check it out, whatever it is that you're thinking about. And also just know that you're not alone. You're not the only person who's ever gone through whatever it is you're going through. You're not the only person that's ever been scared to reach out. I've definitely been scared to reach out and acknowledge and face my my alcoholism, partly because I didn't actually believe that there was any hope for me. But there is hope. That's great. Well, B, I want to thank you for spending time with me and sharing your experience, strength, and hope. This has been great. This has been great. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks to B for joining us today, and thanks so much to you, the listeners. Please remember to subscribe, like, give a thumbs up wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash daily reflection podcast. Come on, join the conversation there. You can read our recovery articles at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.